I'm Dr. Wendy Bruton, and I used to be a therapist. Welcome to my podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing life, stories, interviews, and information that I know will be of value to you and to your life and to the lives that you touch. If you need a therapist or just someone who used to be a therapist, I hope that this is a place where you feel valued, valuable, and learn to move forward from what you used to be. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to episode 10 of I Used to Be a Therapist. Today is the last episode of our first season. It has been such a fun experience doing this podcast, and I can hardly wait to share with you all that we have in store for season two. I will be having a few bonus episodes come out over the next few weeks, so make sure you check those out. Because this is the last episode of the season, and because we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, and well, because I used to be a therapist, and lots of my friends are therapists, I decided I wanted to talk today specifically about what's happening in the world from that perspective, and maybe some things that could be helpful for you. As I thought about what to say, I realized that there are a billion voices out there saying things, right and wrong, helpful and not so helpful. There's just so many voices. And I am not sure how my voice or my guest's voice will make a difference in the sea of information and input wisdom and just ramblings, but we're going to let our voices be part of that sea. Maybe we will be helpful to one person and that would be just so wonderful. So today I have one of my very best friends in the whole world, Lisa Hall on the show. Lisa and I have been friends for lots and lots of years. It's the kind of friendship that you don't even want to say how many years it's been because, well, it might actually make you look older. Lisa's a licensed professional counselor here in Oregon, and she has a private counseling practice. She is a mom and a wife, a therapist, a strong woman of faith, and she is my person. I love her wisdom and humor and graciousness and brilliance. I know you will love her too. Today, we are just having a conversation about how this whole experience has been impacting us and our families. We're going to talk about how it's impacted our business, our hearts, our faith, our emotions. You get the picture. And we will share with you some of the things that we have found that could help you become an expert at quarantining. I am so thankful that you get to listen in on this conversation. I know it will add value to your day. Hi, my friend. Hello. How are you? I'm so happy you're on my show. I'm so happy to be here with you. (laughs) And a little nervous. (laughs) Well, it'll be kind of fun. Yes. We get to talk about whatever we want to talk about today. I love that. Yeah. Okay. First, though, I want to know how you're doing. You know, I'm doing pretty okay today. Yeah? Yeah. Today's a good day. Yeah. Day to day is absolutely. Right? This is... It's a roller coaster. It's crazy. This is a crazy thing. We're talking about the quarantining today and this whole pandemic. It is. It's like nothing we've ever experienced before. Okay, but not just us. Like nobody in the entire world who is alive has experienced this. Right. None of us are experts at this. (laughs) No, we don't know what the heck we're doing. Nobody knows how it's going to end or when it's going to end or any of that. Yeah, nothing. Like, it is so crazy. So it's crazy making, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The insecurity, the uncertainty is always something that is crazy making for people, not knowing what's going to happen because our brains need that. Yeah, our brains don't like that at all. No. Well, before we get going much more into this... I want you to introduce yourself a little bit to everybody. I introduced you, you know, because you're my person, but uh, I want you to introduce you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, So I am married to a guy I've been with for 30 years and we have two sons in their mid twenties. That ages me. Uh, And (laughs) 
I'm a therapist and I only have you to blame, (laughs) by the way, just have to say that, that Wendy, you were a great encouragement to me. And of course I admired you and the meaningful work you've been doing for so many years now. Mm -hmm. And you just kept encouraging me like, you've got some wisdom to share. You've got some compassion to share with the world. Lisa, you need to think about this career. And so I did. And now I've been doing it for five-ish, five or six years. And I love it. And it is incredibly meaningful to me. And it feels like I get to do the thing I love to do several days a week, which is a joy. I love that. Well, you were kind of built for it. Yeah, I think I was. Anything else that you want us to know about you? What's your favorite restaurant? I mean, if we could actually go to a restaurant right now, right? We can't go. But if we could, what would it be? So I think I have to say, because I did go there last night, but the man in the mask had to bring the food out to me. I love La Hacienda. I like, I love Mexican food. Oh, I love La Hacienda too. And we've been there more times than I care to admit during this thing so okay good thing we still have takeout (laughs) or we might be starving right that's so true okay so we're gonna get started and now we needed to laugh a little bit because we're gonna talk about some heavy stuff okay so first i want to talk about us about how we are doing through this so tell us like really as a whole how have you been doing what what's happened with you through this whole thing I feel like I've learned a lot about myself and my coping strategies and how for me, I feel this great need to like take action. And so I've done some kind of crazy things. Like (laughs) I'm in private practice and I love my job and it's perfect for me. It's the right number of hours and the right amount of flexibility. And I just felt like I needed to run out and apply for a job. Like the first week we were locked in. That like, was... Let me go run to the healthcare facility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then I got in the middle of that interview and I was like, what am I doing? This is a terrible idea. And I don't want to do this, but I think I had to do it to learn that mm-hmm. and to appreciate uh, my private practice and to notice that, oh, this is just the thing I do. I have to run out and take action. And then I stop and think mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. Actually, I maybe don't need to take action right now. It'll so, be okay for, uh, let's give it a second. Yeah. Just breathe. Right. And the just breathing I'm not so good at. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, that's kind of how it started. And my husband did something similar. He like got online and ordered like 175 pounds of freeze dried food. Oh, sure. <laughs> Which, <laughs> for the so two of you apparently we're wired similarly but you know they were on back order so we had a couple months to cancel that oh good. <laughs> good good okay so so no job and no freeze-dried fruit food right okay but you've done that what else have what else has been going through your has been your experience you know the rhythms of life have changed a little bit around here. Like I'm taking more walks and I can just walk out my front door and do that. Uh, And I'm lucky enough that I live out in the country. So it's not, that doesn't create a risk of exposure for me with anyone. Mm -hmm. I don't have to wear a face mask. I can just grab my dogs and walk out the front door. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm doing more walking and it's, it's nice. Mm -hmm. So I've liked the, the forced less busyness. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like the the great pause, right? Isn't that what people have called it? This like the great yeah. pause of 2020. And it's true. We've all just sort of been forced to stop. And Yeah. And then yeah. be able to decide what we want to do, right? So mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean within limits. Um Yes. So, what do you think? I'm going to ask this question. What do you think has been the hardest thing for you in this time? I think being back in a place of uncertainty or insecurity, like just, I think I was, I'd gotten to the space in my life where I kind of felt like, oh, well, I know what tomorrow is going to bring in next year and Mm -hmm. next five years and next 10 years. And I can just picture it all. And it seems very predictable, Mm -hmm. which is very much my comfort zone to Mm -hmm. be in control. Uh, And I think so. The hardest part for me has been 
again, like there's no experts on this because we haven't had a, a pandemic or, you know, there's no, there's nothing I can read up on and learn about how this is going to turn out or how long this is going to last. And that definitely creates anxiety for me. So I would say, yeah, it's been kind of jarring, mm-hmm. but not in a terrible way. I think it's, it's good to get shaken up every once in a while. Sure. And it reminds you what your security is in and what it's not in. Yeah. And so you were talking about um, getting to take walks and doing that a little bit more. Is there something else that you've found that you love about this? Church on the couch. Right? Yes. Right? In my jammies with my coffee. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> and then uh, not just one. I mean, for us, we've been sitting there and watching, well, okay, we like this one. Okay, let's go look at this. What about this one? Oh, that's kind of fun. And that's fun to watch these people. And yeah, it, yes. it's been a, I've really liked that too. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, what is something that you've learned about yourself? I think we're just being reminded of what a security lover I am, (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. how much I cling to like what's safe and what's known. And Mm -hmm. it has reminded me that, wow, maybe I need to like step out and take more risks and maybe dream a little bigger. Interesting. Yeah. That's good. You're learning about yourself. But now that you know what's all going on in the world, have you decided or have you thought of things that, oh, gosh, I wish I would have done this. I will do this next time. You know, here's the thing. People who went through the Great Depression after the Great Depression, they lived life differently. Yeah. You know, you helped me with my grandma's closet or whatever it was that we were cleaning out. Mm -hmm. And there's whatever, 150, you know, cool whip containers back there, right? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm just saying. Like, people who go went through the depression after the depression, they lived differently. They, they prepared for the worst, but they lived differently after that. And I'm just wondering if you would do that, if there's any change that's going to happen in your behavior. One of the things that I think I've said often during this time is like, oh, I love it that I live out in the country because mm-hmm. I don't think I could be like on top of people ever again. And like we had um, a trip planned for our 30th wedding anniversary. And part of it, a part of it was being on a cruise ship. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if I ever want to get on a cruise ship again, which makes me kind of sad, mm-hmm. you know, because I've had lots of good memories on cruise ships. Like, sure with my friends, with my family. And (laughs) so, um, to know like, Oh, that's kind of off the table now. That just doesn't sound appealing anymore. I guess those are a couple of things. Yeah. Those are things that we'll just live differently and we'll, we'll do things differently or we'll stock up differently. I think. Yeah. I know. I, I know I will. I know that I know my husband, he was even, he even said the other day, like, it's so weird that my security comes with, you know, with you going to Costco and getting a thing of toilet paper that happened to be there. And now he feels better. Like we're going to be okay. Uh, I like that. Like, just, cause that's maybe the measure of it is what makes me feel comforted or better in this. Right. And like um, knowing I can buy soap or, you know, that, that toilet paper is showing up on the shelves mm-hmm. now again, <laughs> that all feels pretty, yeah. um, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And we never ran out. I mean, we were never low or anything like that. It was just that it was, a, it, it was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to always think about that now, you know, that yes, we would not have to think about it before. That's true. Okay. I want to move on a little bit to you as a therapist. Um, what have you noticed as a counselor that is different during this time? Um, even in sharing at the beginning about kind of what, what's been going on with me, where my anxiety has mm-hmm. done the rise and fall thing throughout this and that it exposed the ways that I cope, like mm-hmm. when I'm scared. And sure. I think a lot of my clients are talking about that. Mm-hmm. And I have loved to hear the variety because this, um, this just exposes a lot about, we can learn a lot about ourselves in a situation like this. Right. And mm-hmm. so some of my clients are leaning into the rest 
and they are just making it a meaningful time of rest and choosing how they're going to rest in this time. And then others are, are feeling really anxious and trying to control everything. And, and that scarcity mindset of like, okay, I got to go out and get and do and, um, you know, stock up with my toilet paper and, you know, the nesting thing, like have all the things in my home that I need and that my loved ones need. And, and again, as I say this, it's like, it's just different. I'm not judging. Like, it's just, we all have a different response and it. And if we pay attention to it, it teaches us something about ourselves. Mm -hmm. I love that. Pay attention to it. And, and they're getting to talk to you about it and just talk out loud about it. So important to be able to talk out loud about what's going on with us right now, because nobody's done this before again. Right. Yeah, exactly. I had a client who talked about uh, feeling like, you know, she's on social media because that's how we're all connecting with each Mm -hmm. other more easily during this time. And she's seeing people who are just, you know, tearing through their house and cleaning everything up. And she's noticing, why do I feel like, like, what's wrong with me? Like, I feel guilty. Like I don't have that same ambition. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then I, another woman, you know, saying like, I'm just angry. I'm just really angry. Like this isn't fair. All these people are suffering and, uh, and I don't know how to make sense of this and Mm -hmm. I can't make it better for them. Mm -hmm. Um, all the people in her life that she loves. And so it's, it is just really fascinating. We're talking about this in, I would say every single session I'm talking with people about what's happening in our world and how it's impacting them personally. I would imagine every single session Mm -hmm. because it's right. It's like a, it's a trauma. It's a worldwide trauma. Yes, And so people are going to be talking about their trauma and the trauma that they're in the middle of. Yes. And it is, I mean, and we're going to come out of this, everybody in the entire world being traumatized. Yes. And having a, a traumatic experience that is going to impact the way that they see the world from now on, even our Absolutely. kiddos, you know, our kiddos are going to have that too. It's very different yeah. for them too. So I, I was wondering, has that impacted the way that you're doing counseling? I mean, not just the venue that you're doing counseling on, right? But right. how you're actually interacting with people in therapy. It is, it is impacting that because I, I told you we need to spend a little more just time checking in about how's the virus affecting you this week, you know, and, um, what's, you know, what's it like for you? But then there's also, uh, I do, I do a lot of trauma therapy and a lot of that has to do with, um, paying attention to kind of how your, your visceral experience, how your body is feeling and what you're noticing is coming up in your body. And so I rely pretty heavily on facial expressions and body language. Mm when I'm working, when I'm sitting across from someone and usually the best I can get is a head and shoulder shot with this. So I'm having to ask a lot more questions of people of what are you noticing? How are you feeling? Oh, and I, I'll say things like, it kind of looks like your shoulders are tensed. Am I just imagining that because of the camera angle or are you really? And so I had just have to ask a lot more clarifying questions. Um, and I have to have them be my eyes and ears almost on themselves, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, to report to me what they're noticing about themselves, because I can't always pick it up across a screen. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's yeah. so true, because it's you. even if you do see their face, you don't see the rest of their body. Because exactly. sometimes you're going to be noticing as a therapist, right, you're sitting with them or even as a coach or with as a intuitive friend, you're going to be noticing that their leg is shaking or that they're playing with something like a pen or, and that they stop at specific times. So you see all that stuff when you're with somebody in person, it's very different. It's interesting because I have been asking myself this kind of crazy question that I never imagined I'd be asking myself. And that is like, okay, when things open back up and they're starting to let counselors and therapists back into their offices, um, while we're still trying to practice social distancing, it's like, would I rather have like a bare face on the screen across from me and be sitting at my desk doing the screen thing? Or do I want to have a mask on my face and a mask on my client's face, Mm. which 
it feels like an even greater handicap than not being able to read body language. Like facial expression is so important in terms of our like mirror neurons, that part of me that knows you feel what I feel and you are with me. Mm -hmm. And it feels like, I mean, we've still got eye contact, but having a mask in the way just feels like it would be a real, it'd be a bummer for me as a therapist. It'd yeah. be hard. I, I would think that would be way more of a handicap. I, I wonder how many people will actually want to stay and continue to do telehealth afterwards. Because seriously, I kind of like it. Me too. Like it's, in some ways, it's great not having to leave my house. Like it's pros and cons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of my clients love not having to drive and fight traffic and um, that sort of thing. It, and then others, they are so clear. Like some of my clients that I'm doing trauma work with have been able to um, do the work um, with the screen between us. And others have said, like, I can't bring that into my home. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my office for those folks is like a container for the really hard, yucky work, the, the hard, painful parts of um, trauma work. Mm-hmm. And wisely, like they've listened to themselves and said, I can't do this kind of work over a screen. I, I have to wait until I can be back in your office to do this kind of work. And so I've been I've been just blown away by the wisdom mm-hmm. of some of my clients, just how well they know themselves. And so some can move forward with trauma work. Some can't. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool that you could actually, that you get to see that about your clients. Like you too. get to see that you would never get to see that. Right. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about trauma, but I want to talk about cultural trauma. Mm-hmm. So we are experiencing the ultimate in cultural trauma. I mean, and there's with trauma, there are some good things with trauma. I mean, there is a real thing with trauma bonding, right? Like people who go through the same experiences together, traumatic experiences, they bond in a specific way. And so we are as a world trauma bonding. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So what do you see as some of the other cultural trauma results or the impact of this cultural trauma? One of the things that I see, we talked about how this exposes things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this, one of the things is it's exposing the disparity for folks who are in poverty, right? The, sure. Their access to healthcare and their it's very different than the rest of us. And it's like, it, and it's being very publicized right now. And so for us to all kind of have this collective, like, uh, that's not fair. Like, that's not fair <laughs> that this pandemic is impacting some people more than others. Um, it's just not fair. So I, I think, I don't know, maybe the good piece of that is there's this, our awareness is raised. I mean, our awareness is raised and cultural trauma. I mean, there's going to be some really negative things about it, but there is the the trauma bonding. And I think part of the trauma bonding is that we're going to be able to have empathy for the people that we see. I mean, the disparity between the haves and have nots. It is, I believe, going to just get bigger here in this as time goes on. So I want to I want to kind of move on and talk about people. We talked about the cultural that everybody is in the world that's going through this, but I want to talk about individuals and really the whole person. So we think about how this impacts each of us holistically, right? Mm-hmm. We think about our, us as a whole created being that has so many different parts that work all together and finding balance in all of those parts and what something like this trauma does oftentimes is it throws everything out of whack and it throws things out of completely out of balance. Right. So um, I want to kind of go through specifically five different areas of our lives or pieces of our lives (laughs) that we can look at and just say, okay, so let's talk about each of these specific areas. So I want to talk about physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and relationally. Mm -hmm. 
So let's go through each of these pieces. Um, I want to answer some specific questions on each of those areas. So first of all, I want to talk about the struggles and challenges that people are having in those specific areas. So let's talk about the kind of struggles that people are having physically right now. I think some people that are in more condensed areas are feeling afraid to go outside. It's like moving, just, just moving their bodies. And Mm -hmm. that good thing exercise does that releases endorphins in our brain and makes us feel better, makes us feel like ourselves. I think having obstacles to movement is really hard on our bodies. And, you know, I think it's an overlap of like emotional and mental and physical, but our sleep is disrupted. A lot of us are experiencing disruptions in our sleep. Sure. I think we're home, at least for me, like home and eating, you have to make different choices in eating and it's not routine. And I also think about the exercise too, that you were talking about. Just do you even feel motivated to go out? Even if you can do that, I mean, do you really want to do that? And do you make time to do that and make that a priority? And people who have a real routine of going to the gym, right? But now they don't have a gym. And so... Now what? Yeah, we're all learning to get real comfortable with those online videos where we can just follow what the people on the screen are doing and do it on a yoga mat in our living room. <laughs> right? We're we're doing yoga at night. That's uh-huh, kind of that's our plan. Awesome. Wind down for bed. <laughs> we have. We've been trying because of sleep. Like it's really hard to do that sometimes. So it physically, is. also let's talk about the choices we have during this time to improve or go backwards. We talked a little bit about that, but I want to look at those specific choices that we have. I think there's a lot of people dealing with what you talked about uh, that like, I'm just not motivated. I'm not motivated to move. I'm not motivated to eat well. Why bother? I'm wearing my sweatpants. I don't, you know, I haven't worn pants with buttons in weeks. So, right. <laughs> so I have talked to people about that because they're noticing that their eating and their lack of exercise are like making them feel sluggish and mm-hmm. not like themselves. And um, so I, yeah, I've talked to people like, okay, we're probably going to have, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, but we're going to have 12 weeks probably of being kind of mostly stuck in our houses or encouraged to stay home as much as possible and maybe longer. Um, and so that 12 weeks is going to go by and, and we just have to decide like, do we want it to just go by? Or are we going to like say, hey, I have 12 weeks and in that amount of time, I'm having to do things so differently right now. Anyway, I may as well add some things that I want to learn how to do in that 12 weeks. So yeah, I've had those conversations with people. I think there's so many people who are trying to figure out what they want at the end of this. Yeah. And whether we figure it out, like we have these ideas and and maybe maybe for the first time people could slow down enough to make goals and they can slow down enough to go oh I could do something different right now and they have these intentions of doing lots and lots of great changes or cleaning their house from top to bottom or getting onto a new routine of something some sort but their good intentions don't necessarily always equal intentional living right yeah So how are you talking to people about making their intentions something that's actual reality? Have you talked to people about that? Um, A little bit, but I kind of like lean into people like you, Wendy, who are like from the coaching realm, um, (laughs) who know how to kind of language things and how to encourage people to make that all kind of concrete and measurable. So yes, I mean, I talk about smart goals, right? Sure. Um, I like that. That's a that's a good way that people can actually get to something. I mean, even if the end doesn't look like you had dreamed at the beginning, it's going to look different than it did at the beginning. And, and that is, that is success, right? It is. Absolutely. In every area of our lives. So, um, Let's talk about just one practical way that you could grow in this area through this. You mean physically? Yeah. I think maybe just saying if think something about my physicality could be different in 12 weeks and I could just choose one thing, what would that be? Maybe for one person that's, I need to cut back on caffeine. Or, or I need to meal plan. 
or I need to take my medication the right way every day. I need to cut back on drinking. I need to um, mm-hmm. just go outside and breathe in some air. Fresh or air every day, yes. I need to have a routine that helps me sleep well and try to create that through this time. Like all of those things are going to be so helpful for us, yes. I think, physically. And just to have one idea and and move every day a little bit. One of the things that Nick Satello said last week, um, I think it was that you have to win days to win weeks to win months to win years. Yeah, I liked that. I really liked that. And we have days that are slipping by right now. We are, what is, what is it, three weeks in, right? Yeah. And we have days that are slipping by and weeks that are slipping by. And so now we're going to have some more weeks. We really are. We're in this for a while. So if you can win days, you can win those weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's a cool thing to have goals for every day. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about um, our spiritual life. Holy cow, this can throw people for a loop, right? Um, Absolutely. (laughs) So struggles and challenges people are having spiritually. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of big questions right now that um, are common ones. Like, if God is good, why is he letting this happen to us? Mm -hmm. I'm hearing some people sort of lean in to their faith and like, embrace the idea that, you know, God's in control and I can trust him and I know that he's good. And then I hear other people, you know, just enter into that line of questioning and doubt and, you know, why is the universe doing this to us? Mm -hmm. And, oh, maybe we've done something to deserve it, like going to the shame place. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I'm seeing the full gamut of um, responses to this spiritually. yeah. And it's it's been fascinating. It's really interesting. I think, well, because it's trauma, that people have to come to that kind of existential place yes. uh, when they're going through and when they are have gone through trauma, they have to ask those questions. It's just the way we're made. So there are a lot of struggles people are having with this spiritually, just figuring out if there is something that's bigger than us. And that could control things mm-hmm. and could change things. Why are they not? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's people who are finding the the beauty in it, you mm-hmm. know, and finding closeness to their God in mm-hmm. this time. It's, fa- it's fascinating to me. Also, I think just spiritually, finding time that you can you can set aside for meditation or that you just take to come to a place that is nurturing to your soul, right? Mm -hmm. So are Mm -hmm. we taking that time to nurture our soul and to find balance in that area of our life? It's been, it's been a challenge for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I, cause I tend to be more of a doer just like you. And I, so I've been wanting to do all these things and not just take time to slow down and be still and (laughs) breathe pretty deep and just say, okay, I can do this now and take time for this meditation and prayer and um, nurturing my soul. I think that's hard. Yeah, it is. It's hard for lots of people. So what are some choices that we have during this time to improve that? I have friends in my life who are sending me like music or like kind of soulful music or very meditative podcasts or book recommendations. And I find all of that to be really helpful. And also there's a lot of like the meditation uh, apps right now that are making things available for free, like Headspace. Sometimes we don't know how to slow down our mind and be still And so it can be really nice to just throw on some headphones and have someone else guide us or, you know, Mm -hmm. facilitate that process for us. Um, So those are, those are some of the things that come to mind. Those are, those are really practical ways, just finding and downloading apps on your phone, setting a timer even on your, 
on your watch <laughs> or your mm-hmm. uh, or your phone, right? You're setting a timer to just make sure that you make make time for that. That's those are practical ways that you can nurture your spirituality during this time. Um, okay, let's move on to emotionally. We've talked already about a lot of the struggles and challenges that people are having emotionally, but is there something else you wanted to say about that at all? I think just one of the things that I'm finding is that, and I think this is common, is that people are judging their feelings that are coming up right now. Mm. Like they're real uncomfortable with their feelings and they're trying to either like suppress them or say, aren't I a terrible person that I've been thinking about this or feeling that way? And, mm-hmm. um, and so it's been this, you know, opportunity to remind people and myself mm-hmm. uh, that our emotions were a gift. We don't choose them. They just like, they're part of us and they're neither good nor bad. Um, they're just information to pay attention to. And what I've learned more lately is just to accept our feelings mm-hmm. just, and nurture them and have compassion on them. Just like I would with another person, if I would be compassionate with my own feelings that way. So um, yeah, I think that would be another thing I noticed coming up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really true that we're feeling about our feelings. I have noticed that about myself and other people around me too, <laughs> for sure. Um Choices we have during this time to improve our emotional life and our emotional balance. I I guess a lot of it is what I said is if we haven't already developed the practice of accepting our feelings and riding the wave, right? Feelings have a beginning and a middle and an end. And often before we've even reached the middle of a feeling, we've like stopped, we've distracted ourselves, which can be skillful. Sometimes we don't always have, it's not always, our feelings don't always happen at good times, right. Or convenient Mm -hmm. times. So sometimes it's um, skillful and helpful to be able to stop. But if we don't then make time to kind of feel the full extent of our feelings, it's like we, we can get in this place where we're numbing Mm -hmm. the bad feelings, the things we identify as bad, right? Like the hurt, the pain, the sad, the angry, And then all of a sudden we lose our capacity for joy and um, longing and the good end of the feelings spectrum. Yeah. Um, And then pretty soon we're, we're just surviving in this middle numb place Mm -hmm. and we've lost our range of emotions, our full range of emotions, which are a gift and they are to be experienced and not kind of suppressed. And so, um, yeah, just being emotionally healthy and, and making space for our feelings and not judging our feelings, mm-hmm. being compassionate with our feelings. Those, those are, this is an opportunity to learn how to do that. Yeah. And practically like something practical, how can we do that? Well, like journaling is a great way mm-hmm. like to <laughs> express our feelings um, and to be with our feelings, to get them out of our body and onto a piece of paper can be really, really helpful. Um, you know, the other thing we talk about, is emotional regulation, right? Because sometimes our feelings can take us to, you know, a deep, dark pit and they want to keep us there. Right. And, um, and so sometimes we have to do some like really practical things. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go to my Netflix. I'm going to find a really funny show and I am going to watch something that's hilarious right now. And I'm going to laugh because I need to feel something different than what I'm feeling. Um, And then there's, you know, there's just a lot of practical um, emotional regulation things. Our essential oils, you know, we can go grab some lavender when we're feeling anxious and it can be very calming. Um, Mm -hmm. Go take a hot bath and relax. Those Um, are all really practical things that we can do. And I also think a practical way of being able to ride a wave of feeling is to identify very clearly and intentionally where you're feeling it in your body. Breathing in oils is very, very helpful. Just breathing it into that space in your body, they can, it can just calm your whole experience in that moment. And it really is actually helping the wave to move through. So yes. when you can be aware of it, you can name what the feeling is. Those are all very practical things. There's um, Daniel Siegel says you have to name it to tame it. Yeah. Right? Well, and good. so that's one of the things that just being able to say, I am feeling really anxious and I feel it all over my body. I feel tingly and my, my gut is 
churning and my shoulders feel tight. I just have to breathe into that and say, okay, I'm good. I think I'll be fine after a little bit. And I might have to do it several times, but keep doing it. Yeah. I want to talk one more thing about relationally, like relationally, how is this impacting people? Because holy cow, we are stuck with each other. Yes, indeed. We are stuck with each other or we are stuck without. And so there's people that are living alone right now that are like trying to figure out how to do relationship. And Mm -hmm. like me, they're not a big fan of zoom or, you know, but it's like, well, you got to pick something because staying connected is, it is vital to our wellness. And, um, so I've heard some people, you know, meeting with friends on the patio, having, um, cold drinks and good food and, right in a very uh, social distancing sort of way yes. but being outdoors you know meeting up with people outdoors and staying far away can be a helpful thing for folks that are feeling really isolated now you know on the other end of the spectrum as you pointed out it's like whoa for the rest of us it's a whole lot of togetherness mm-hmm. um again an opportunity to learn kind of on steroids, some skills uh, that we all need, which is learning how to ask for what we need. And that might be space, you know, from our children. That might be like, I need somebody to not need me right this second. I'm going to go lock the bathroom door and give myself three minutes. But also with older, older children and our spouses learning how to say like, I feel overwhelmed right now. And I think what I really need is just to have some quiet time and I promise I'll come back. I'm not, I'm not rejecting you. I just need a little alone time. And that's just one example. I mean, there are so many relational skills, you know, conflict resolution and, and other skills that we can, we have the opportunity to develop during this time. And I think the very beginning of that is just how it raises our awareness of, well, that's not working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we need to work on that. Yeah, certainly that there are um, so many couples really out there that have never spent this much time together, right? Quite seriously in their years of marriage that have gone very well, by the way, with Mm -hmm. them social distancing (laughs) (laughs) through their, through their 20 years of marriage, right? Like, They have had, they've taken some time that they're just apart from each other. They're not together this much. And then all of a sudden, this very good marriage, they're all thrown together in this one house and they can't go anywhere and they don't have anyone else. And then they're like forced to deal with some of the things, right? Yes. Because they come to the surface. Yep. And that's really hard. Right. Like we've heard on the news, right? And maybe some of us among our family members or friends, like, yeah, domestic violence is a real thing that can spike during this time. And it is spiking. It is spiking. I mean, people are stressed. We just talked about that. Their anxiety is so high. They aren't able to regulate their emotions. I mean, oftentimes people who are already stressed, we didn't talk about this. And I wanted to say this here somewhere. We have a level of anxiety normally. Yeah. Like our normal anxiety is a certain level. And then, and that's okay. And we learn to deal with that. And we know how that works. And we kind of function. But when something this big happens, that normal, just like the the baseline anxiety raises a lot. And so we raise this to this level of already like just under the surface anxiety. And then if you throw anything on top of it, like an argument with your spouse or a kid that that can't handle themselves right at this moment. It just throws your ability to manage the situation just out. It just throws it out because our anxiety is already up to the top. And so then we just spill over into everybody else's life. Absolutely. And I think um, I think that's such an important point that it's like we become flooded with you know, it's almost like the fight, flight, freeze kicks in when we get past that certain threshold. And then we've just got, you've got all this adrenaline running through our body, all this stress hormone called cortisol running through our body, all kinds of things that are happening actually physiologically. And one of them is that the blood flow to the part of our brain that can think and make good decisions and plan, it it doesn't go there. It Mm -hmm. goes to our limbs so we can fight 
or run. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so quite literally, we are unable to think as clearly when we're in this high state of stress. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make us irresponsible or not responsible for our actions. It just means like more than ever, we have to know like, this is the moment I need to take a break and go take a time out Mm -hmm. and not try to have solve the world's problems with in the middle of this conflict with my spouse or my child right now. Absolutely. If you are one of the people that are in that situation and the other person isn't able or willing to take that time away, that you need to be the one that takes the time away, that you need to say, I need to separate myself and do whatever you need to do, go for a drive, go for a walk, go for whatever, to settle things down and so that... The, the blood can start coming back to your frontal lobe, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and because we can't be responsible for other people. Uh, we aren't responsible for other people's actions, but we are responsible for ours and we can, we can manage those things. And so making some choices for keeping ourselves safe, keeping ourselves living in our own integrity, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's very important during this time. And boy, there's just, it's a hard thing. And I mean, we're saying it like it's easy, but it is not easy. No, there's no. nothing easy about that. So relationally can be really a big challenge, but that those are some practical ways that you can have some talks, try to be clear with people, but also make space when you need to with your kids, with your partner, with whoever it is, just make mm-hmm. the space that you need to settle down and come back to a a place where you can think clearly. Yeah. I had one of my other therapist friends say, right now we need to just make a lot of space for each other and give each other a lot of grace. And I like that. It's like, we all need some space and some grace right now. I think of the parents that are trying to like help with their kids education at home. And it's like, you do not have to be the best homeschool parent ever. (laughs) You can just do good enough. And that really is good enough right now. So giving each other space and grace. I really liked um, that encouragement from her. That's good. Okay. Three most important things that you would want people to know right now. I think just it's going to be okay. And, And you have said this to me so many times. And I think in one of your recent podcasts, you even said it. It's like, everything's going to be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. Yeah. And I'm t- I tell myself that uh, in situations like this, and I tell my clients that, and my family members and my friends, it's it's going to be okay. It's a good truth. Mm-hmm. We're we're just going to come out on the other side of this, having learned so much about ourselves and one another, mm-hmm. and that is a gift, mm-hmm. even if it's a painful one. That's and so then true. we will have the opportunity to act on what we've learned about ourselves. I love that. A gift. (laughs) It's a gift. Those are beautiful words. Oh, thank you. Thank you, my friend, for being with me. Oh, I love being with you always. It was a fun conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Take care of you. Okay. You too. Be well. It was such a treat to get to spend time talking with my friend about all the things that we're living through right now. But you need to know that this was not the first conversation Lisa and I have had about all that has scared us, excited us, confused us, everything about this event we're living through. We have another friend, Jeanette, who is our third musketeer. (laughs) The three of us have done life together for many, many years. They have walked with me through countless changes, ups and downs in my life, and and I have with them. The three of us have had so many conversations about how this is impacting us, how we think it's going to impact us, our world, our families, our churches, our homes, jobs, everything. This conversation that you just got to listen to was just one of many so far and many to come. We need each other. We have developed a safe place where we are known and we can be vulnerable and scared and even wrong, and we will still be loved and accepted. I wanted to let you know that because my friendship with Lisa and Jeanette is one of the most important things in my life. It's something that has brought me through the most painful and most frightening, 
most confusing times of my life, finding a tribe, just a small one, one or two or three is all you really need. But finding a tribe is vital to people's wellness. It's vital to our ability to regulate our emotions, to tolerate hard things, and it's the only way we learn to be effective in our relationships. But who you allow to be in your tribe is also so important. During times like this, the real character of people comes out. When we are under stress, it is like we are put in a press. Whatever is inside us, what we are really made of, just comes pouring out. So it's a good time to look at your tribe. Do you need new people? (laughs) Do you need to be a new person for your people? The only way we can do that is by changing what's on the inside. And that takes work. It takes really doing something. I mean, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So what are you going to change? Or maybe you don't have a tribe who you can talk with about stuff like this. I mean, for real, talk. Or maybe you have a tribe that you see is not good for you if you really want to be the person you were created to be. Maybe you've been squeezed and didn't like the thing that came out. There are so many opportunities for growth. One thing Lisa said is that the time will pass, and it will. Reach out now if you need some direction in how to move forward. I would love to help you make a plan for change. You have so much to gain. This has been a great first season of my podcast. Thank you for listening. I would love to hear from you about how this podcast season has added value to your life. If it has, please send me a quick note through the website, essentiallybetterlife.com. Season two is going to start in just a couple weeks. I can't wait to share with you all that's coming. In the meantime, keep a lookout for my bonus episodes. They'll be coming too. I can't wait for all that is in store. So until then, stay safe and be well, my friend. I'm so glad you joined us. Make sure to subscribe so you can get all the episodes. And you can help support our podcast by clicking the support button in the show notes or going to our website, essentiallybetterlife.com. Follow me on social at Essentially Better Life and check out my website for all kinds of information on business and personal coaching, my book, and even some great stuff on essential oils. Thanks for listening. Blessings and be well, my friends.